This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum. We thank them for supporting this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD! Hey, Bo. Good afternoon, man. How are you today? Man, good afternoon to you too, sir. I'm doing okay. It's the start of a new year, I think I mentioned last week. Yeah. That I've been uh, battling a little bit of something and uh, went to the doctors this morning, so they gave me something to battle the something with. Okay. And so I'm, okay. uh, I'm, I'm very hopeful. Congratulations. <laughs> I hope they gave you some uh, something really um, powerful to go against it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so, man. I think, you know, in the end, it's just if you can't kick the cold, then you get the antibiotic and we'll see what ends up happening. Right. But one way or the other, man, I'm, I'm feeling good. This is, uh, you know, we get, it's beautiful weather out here, yeah. sunshiny Houston, Texas. Uh, what about you, man? How you doing? Man, uh, things are great. Yeah, I had a, had a really good, um, uh, you know, new year and uh, things were a lot of fun. I actually went uh, to a state park here in northeast Mississippi, uh, Tishomingo State Park, uh, with some good friends. And um, oh, cool. man, did, did a, you know, some hiking with the little baby. That was fun and uh, kind of, you know, <laughs> adventurous trying to, you know, figure out the logistics there. Um, man, it was funny. I, uh, New Year's Day, um, smoked my pipe. I was out, you know, in the woods, and um, I'd found this tin of um, a Greg Pieces Stone Stonehenge Flake um, it, that I'd been sitting on for a while, and I'd just kind of forgotten about it. It was tucked away, and man, I opened the tin up, and the flakes in there were just so beautiful. And you know, uh, it's a it, it, Virginia-based tobacco, but uh, you know, they had some nice little crystals on there, and so uh, was smoking that, and kind of got carried away that day. And and when I did, I realized I was I, I was probably consuming more of that than I needed to because of the contents of my stomach. <laughs> and man, it just <laughs> right. it it just hit it just crushed me it nailed me it was one of those things wow. where I, i'd forgotten that tobacco is that strong but um man it's funny because i had to uh working on some different tobaccos right now kind of in a concert with our 50th anniversary which this year is the the country squire's 50th anniversary and so um i've been really trying to keep my palate very clean and uh you know work on uh you know some new recipes and some special stuff we're doing uh in relation to that and it kind of jacked me up for two or three days i was like man i, I just can't even uh do my job you know <laughs> thanks greg right. but <laughs> uh, tobacco is so good it's just uh one of those things i think it uh, i think it nailed me uh, a little bit but um man had a good uh had a good uh, New Year's and yeah, we've got a Tolkien tobacco sale going on right now, and we got flooded with orders. And so, you know, if you're listening and, and placed an order for one of our Tolkien uh, themed blends, we're uh, we're working on it. We're doing the best we can to get get the tobacco out, but it is crazy. So uh, just bear yeah. with us. So. Run everybody down uh, the name of each blend real quick, because there's one in particular. I, have a, I got a quick question for you on. Run, run those down. Yeah. Okay. So we have uh, we have King's Foil, we have Bag End, uh, Rivendell, Second Breakfast. Old Toby, Green Dragon, and then we have a limited blend that's already gone. Uh, it was gone within like a day, um, if even that. And it's uh, Smeagol, and we used some uh, <laughs> we used some uh, some limited ingredients on that one that we were able to get our hands on and uh, just kind of had fun. And it was just a- Bowser's Castle with a di- Bowser's Castle with another name. No, I'm just right. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, man. Shoot. Um, no, yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was some limited ingredients that we got our hands on. We were like, well, let's make something fun with this, and we did. And uh, of course, it was gone really quick, but. Um, but yeah, so that, that's them. All right, very. So it was it was precious. It was it, precious. It was to it was precious. <laughs> precious. I know. The one that I was actually curious about though was uh, Kingsfoil. What 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 is is that a direct reference to uh, to something in Tolkien? Kingsfoil is a tobacco we came out with uh, a couple years ago, I guess. You remember Caleb that worked for us, right? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And so Caleb was experimenting one day, and he was like, well, you know, there was this, uh, he, he was working on a Virginia-based uh, blend that had some dark-fired uh, Kentucky in it. And so he, he liked that. He liked the uh, the bright leaf Virginia that had more uh, grassy, natural sugar uh, flavor to it uh, with just a little bit of that pleasant bite. And then he liked the smokiness of the of the dark-fired Kentucky, and he was like, man, this is, this is good. I can smoke this all day. It's calming to me, uh, that kind of thing. And he, you know, was... Uh, fellow Tolkien nerd like the rest of us. And um, so he named this particular blend Kingsfoil. Kingsfoil is uh, 
also known as Athelus. Uh, it was the leaf that was brought in uh, to Middle Earth and was used for uh, like healing uh, properties uh, in the Fellowship oh, of the Ring. But it, it, okay, it actually okay. is uh, is mentioned in the Fellowship of the Ring. So um, yeah, so that's where that comes from. That's awesome, man. All right, well, good deal, good deal. That was uh, that was one that I I was. That's a deep. That's a deep cut. But that's that's the beauty <laughs> of. Uh, you know, getting creative with this because I feel like you know everybody's got a second breakfast or maybe a Hobbit leaf or something of that right, nature. Right, right, man. We went deep. You, we went you, deep. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Caleb the intern, man. That's awesome. That's right. Uh, well, hey, we've got a great show planned this today. But first, a couple of housekeeping items. For the last couple of weeks, we've been mentioning this uh, amazing fundraiser that's going on up north uh, for Rob E., uh, you know, prolific uh, uh, pipe smoker in the in the community who's uh, combating stage four lymphoma. Uh, the uh, the club up there, or rather the the folks in Grand Rapids, Michigan, are putting on a smoke em if you got them on International Pipe Smoking Day. That's February 20th. It's a $50 buy-in donation uh, no matter where you are. Uh, so that you can still participate in the raffle and then also just participate in, in supporting Rob. Uh, if you go over, uh, be sure to email Cody DeWitt on, at gmail.com. That's Cody DeWitt at gmail.com for more information. And you can get you signed up there as well. So, um, you know, thoughts and prayers with Robbie and a and, uh, big shout out to the, the guys up there that are supporting him through this really, really tough time. Man, we also have uh, coming up in March, um, on March 28th, the Lent to Remember. Now, this is a big deal. Yeah. This is the country squire radio uh live event that you will not want to miss uh there will be lunting that is walking while smoking your pipe there will be a live episode possibly two live episodes of country squire you never know radio. we may get froggy yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and maybe maybe you know i don't want to make any promises but maybe one of those live episodes might be a squire select and maybe there might be a way to participate in said squire select boy you're selling like, it hard man we hadn't even talked I'm about just this saying. i mean that yeah look, look i mean we're, we're getting our friends together it's a uh, it, you know it's an opportunity to uh to celebrate let's uh i, I don't know we'll, we'll think about it <laughs> we'll bust open a bottle of the good stuff you know the really really cheap good stuff the good the bad stuff <laughs> old charter, the really right. <laughs> old charter man that is uh that is the baptismal water right of, uh, of, of country squire of, of the country right squire there. right no that's it great is. man Don't... we we are excited a lot to remember uh men in partnership with the international lunting society scott Bidler uh putting this together we're so thrilled and um and lafleur's bluff state park just right down the street from us and um if you've been a longtime listener uh follower of the show this would be a perfect time to make your uh, pipe pilgrimage. Um, we're doing this in conjunction with the shop's 50th anniversary. This is the year yeah. uh, the Country Squire turns 50, and we are, um, just have a whole host of things going on this year that uh, we're doing in celebration of that. And so um, a lot to remember the proceeds for this are going to the um, Alzheimer's Foundation, uh, which is a really great cause, and that's why uh, the event is named a lot to remember, uh, kind of a um, you know a, a point uh, in in honor of that. So uh, really excited. But again, March twenty eighth here in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, you can find uh, more information out at lunting dot org. Uh, you can sign up for the event. It is a free event. You do have to pay for your own parking. Um, but the raffles and items that we sell and things of that nature, all the proceeds from that uh, will go to uh, the Alzheimer's Foundation. So really, really excited about that. Absolutely, man. It's going to be a blast. Uh, so definitely make your plans. Now, of course, we are here at the uh, the start of a new year. And uh, and things have now started to uh, settle down, at least on my end, from, uh, you know, the, as, as of today, the kids are back in school. Uh, and, and so, uh, work is, is starting to, to get back into a, a normal routine, which is just a beautiful thing for, for myself, but also for those of you who have been, uh, desperately awaiting your, uh, country square radio club membership, uh, cards and, and kind of the welcome pack that, uh, that comes with it. So for everybody who has been uh, supporting the show at patreon.com slash country square radio, um, specifically over the last couple of weeks who have joined on, uh, those are going out this week, which also means if, if you have not done so already, this is a great week to, uh, to sign up patreon.com slash country squire radio uh become a patron become a club member support the show and uh and yeah if you do it this week you'll get all the benefits immediately instantly this is prime real <laughs> which estate which is a miracle so, yeah not, i mean you know it's it's yeah it, it pretty much is so yeah so so patreon.com slash country squire radio is the place to do it but jo- but john david man this this is the start of a new year it is um, a new decade bo 
a new decade. 2020. Now that's de- debatable. We're not going to get into that debate, but I mean like that, you know, some people say the new decade doesn't officially start till the ones. And really, if you're in the O's, that means you're closing out. It, <laughs> that's da, da, stupid. Da, 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 da. I'm against it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Look, <laughs> if anything, it just means you can celebrate the decorate decade twice, but this is when we celebrate the start of a new decade. And here, as we jump into the 2020s, man, you know, being country square radio, being a, a, a pipe tobacco podcast, you know, it, 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 it behooves us from time to time to take a look back, not just forward, which we've done in, uh, uh, before, but we, like, take a look back at pipe smoking a hundred years ago, back during the roaring 20s, when flappers were flappers and gentlemen were out there smoking their tuxedo pipes or whatever it might be you're about to educate. <laughs> but they weren't drinking anything because it was illegal, man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, this is our, this is our look back, that right? The right. roaring 20s, the the pipe smoking 20s man pipe smoking in the 1920s and uh yeah we you know we, we, you only get this opportunity once right and, i mean unless we live to the uh the 2120s which i highly doubt but hey, uh, I, frankly i hope not <laughs> i hope the lord comes <laughs> back before then <laughs> but right. um yeah man it, it's exciting uh we've got uh you know folks that are having their little uh you know 1920s flapper parties and a lot of folks were doing that for uh you know new year's eve and that kind of thing which is fun you know it's one of those things that uh um, you know, people look back on, but the 20s were an iconic time, right? I mean, it was iconic for uh, the United States, for the Western world. Um, you know, just a lot of uh, social upheaval, interesting uh, political, uh, you know, movements, social movements, uh, you know, societal. Uh, it just things changed. They really did. And it was uh, it was the precursor to uh, a lot more drama that came down the road. But it was a it was a, a limitless time, a, a very ostentatious time, a, uh, you know, time that was uh, gilded and that it, it had a, you know, kind of a sense where, yeah, you could do anything and accomplish anything and consume anything. And um, kind of sounds familiar. I don't know. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, it was a time where... Um where there was, was a lot of change and, uh, you know, technology and, and society travel, uh, you know, had, had changed along with that. And, and, uh, and man, pipe smoking was right there in the center because at the time, of course, uh, pipe smoking was king, right? It, it was, uh, you know, it was the preferred uh, gentlemanly way uh, to consume tobacco. Of course, the 1920s had a lot of uh, uh, progress for, um, you know, for women in society. And so uh, it, it filtered into into their lifestyle as well. But um, let's think about the 20s just, you know, stepping back a little bit. More people in the United States in 1920s uh, begun, began living in cities than in rural areas. So it was the first time in American history where more people lived in cities than they did in the country, which if you think about it, that's pretty amazing, right? I mean, this is a, you know, we were kind of transitioning from an agrarian to more industrial society. Uh, We'd been doing that since the, you know, late 19th century on into the early 1900s. But but this is the first point where you've got actually a, um, a, you know, a majority of people are living within urban areas. And so, um, you know, there's kind of a sophistication that comes with that. People are, uh, you know, swapping their trends more regularly and more often. And, um, you know, there's uh, more um, mass advertising and more uh, people consuming similar products and uh, hanging out in the same places and all this stuff. It's just a more urban lifestyle. Yeah. The nation's wealth, the the wealth of of the nation, uh, the United States, uh, during the 1920s, the period from 1920 to 1929, the nation's wealth doubled. <laughs> and so think about that. Like you've got, uh, you know, a, a you know a country that is kind of coming online. It was a victor and, and very, uh, you know, important factor in the, uh, you know, World War One, which gave it a lot of uh, international prestige, a lot of uh, banking finance money kind of came into to the um, you know American market, and it created a lot of affluency. And so all of a sudden, you've got this affluent uh, society. Folks are living closer to each other now with the urban lifestyle. Um, and, and so you've got more consumers. It's a consumer society. Um, and, and, and then think about, okay, we, we've got these images in our mind. Now think about the, the reality that this is the advent of the motion picture and of radio. Right. Mm-hmm. And so during this same exact period when all this new uh, affluence and uh, connectivity, mass marketing is happening. Now we've got the ability to to broadcast. And so folks are, uh, you know, listening to the same radio programs and watching some of the same uh, actors in uh, motion pictures, you know, that without the sound, you know, and, and, and it's just, uh, you know, f- so folks are taking the same cues, even though they might live uh, worlds apart. Right. And, and it, wow. it, we, yeah. it, we take that 
for granted now, um, obviously, because things are so, uh, you know, internationally, um, you know, intertwined with our, our media. But, but you know, back then, this was a new development. Uh, and so uh, people buying, you know, the same brands in, uh, you know, if you lived in Jackson, Mississippi, um, that, you know, was a one-horse town or whatever at the time, um, you know, if you, if you had a radio, you were going to be more plugged in and things that were happening in places like uh, Atlanta or Nashville or, or maybe even Chicago and New York. And so all of a sudden you're you're hearing and understanding what, what life is like there and maybe thinking about, well, if they're consuming those things, I want to consume those things. Or if they're traveling to these places, I want to travel to these places. Early and, early viral ability of, of media. Exactly. It's so interesting. Yeah. And so so think of all that, right? All that we just talked about. And then and then think about how that all of a sudden affects the smoking culture. Um, and again, at you know, of the period, pipe smoking was king, right? Um, and so it, very uh, image focused, very um, a lot a lot of new affluency, a lot of, uh, you know, you're uh, the, all of a sudden there's more connectivity with other people. And so you're wanting to stand out in the crowd, which, uh, yeah, you know, make that statement is really, yeah, you want to make a statement. You're uh, kind of pushing the, the luxury, uh, you know, uh, kind of lifestyle and these type of things. And it, that's that's kind of what we're talking about here. And so, yeah, just think about how quickly that change happened. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, beginning to influence the pipe smoking world. And so, um, you know, you had small makers before this, uh, you know, that were making uh, pipes, a lot of, uh, you know, local pipe artisans that would do this and that. But all of a sudden you've got folks that are traveling more regularly between uh, Europe and the United States. And, uh, you know, the, the heyday, the early, uh, you know, earlier days of some of the, uh, you know, great, uh, you know, world's great pipe uh, artisans, particularly uh, we think about Dunhill, which we'll talk more about in a second. But, um, you know, and so you've got exposure from some American affluent people to uh, to those things. They occasionally bring some of this stuff home and then it, uh, you know, it finds a finds a place in the American market that needs to be uh, tapped for that. You know, it's interesting. Oh, well, so like, <laughs> you know, I, I have not hid this fact. I am I am a <clears throat> fan if you will, of a certain show called Downton Abbey. Uh, this, is, this, this has been discussed, and there are several who listen to this podcast oh, who are also, yeah, fans of, of such a thing. And, you know, a, a good section of that show takes place during the 20s, uh, but from a British perspective, and they talk a lot about how they're perceiving both American modernized trends, but also the, the annoyance of, uh, of prohibition. Uh, you know, at one point, yeah. I think one of the characters goes overseas and he's uh, he just he's, he's just talks about how awful it was being in America where he couldn't drink because I mean you know the British can't can't not drink it's just not in their their culture it's not in their nature <laughs> it's impossible to do uh, but but I do remember very specifically there was almost a switch once they started entering into the twenties not just in terms of you know the the cultural look in terms of like you know the, the dresses and the hair and that kind of thing. But suddenly a lot of people were smoking and it wasn't just these high end cigars that the, you know, that the, um, uh, yeah, the tops, so to speak, were, were enjoying. But like you go everywhere and now everybody's uh, got a cigarette, everybody's smoking and, and that sort of thing. But there was a clear de- determination to kind of picture these two separate lifestyles of how the upper class was enjoying their uh, tobacco versus the underclass. Uh, in the yeah. midst of uh, in the midst of the twenties as well. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I I think there was that right. That we we all everyone had access to you know the um, the marketing of this stuff though, and so you know you had uh, some of your mm. uh, most famous periodicals right were um, you know had uh, advertisements in there from uh, you know young companies like a like a Dunhill, but uh, brand new companies uh, at the time like uh, a name we're all familiar with, K Woody, uh, which uh, which came out in nineteen twenty four. Uh, 1919 and then evolved some and then the mid-20s was really known as K. Woody. But um, imagine flipping through the Saturday Evening Post, right? You're in uh, 1927. You've got your uh, smoking jacket on and maybe you're, uh, you know, in your uh, in your library of your house wearing your, you know, bathrobe or whatever. <laughs> and you're flipping through the Saturday Evening Post and, and there's your, uh, there's an advertisement for, for K. Woody. Uh, you know, and maybe, um, you know, maybe a very early, uh, you know, Clark Gable is uh, is in the uh, in the advertisement or something like that. It's kind of um, kind of interesting. So, yeah. And, and you know, the, the and what would old Clark Gable be saying to you in the said advertisement there, John David? I probably would be saying something like, ah, to pick up a pipe, it's good for your health. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> ah, all the good doctors I know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And they were. Um 
It's really funny. You think about famous pipe smokers during the 1920s, um, and, and, you know, it, it was such a time of... I mean, think about it. We just got out of the war, right? Nineteen or you know the um, World War One, which was you know the most devastating thing the world had ever seen uh, up to that point, um, and and some would argue had has still ever seen. Um, and so you had all these people that were kind of scarred by that, but they were uh, they were young folks that were. Uh, you know, felt really limitless. These are folks that are, have come back from after seeing the world and uh, been exposed to a lot of different things, and they wanted to, uh, you know, this uh, kind of uh, American spirit of, uh, you know, creating uh, the life that they wanted and, um, you know, uh, are now cultured and connected to other people. And so you had a lot of folks that were at the beginning of their career uh, who are all, you know, many of whom are household names now. Uh, folks like Clark mm-hmm. Gable, who was uh, uh, there at the very beginning uh, in the 20s, in silent films. Um, the very early career of Cary Grant uh, was in the 1920s. Uh, Earl Hines, the jazz musician, uh, famous jazz musician. We had authors like, uh, you know, early works of people like Ernest Hemingway, uh, you know, Lewis and Tolkien getting their start uh, during the 20s at Oxford, uh, you know, in the uh, in teaching roles there, kind of developing their style, developing their, uh, you know, narratives and their uh, worldview and, uh, you know, those kind of things. Um, we even had, you know, folks like uh, Douglas MacArthur, right, who was, uh, I believe, in his 40s at the time. He was the uh, leader of West Point Military Academy and, uh, you know, kind of influencing the next generation of people that would uh, that would lead us into into the next world war. Um and all the people I just mentioned, they were young. They were like young professionals during this time, right? These are yeah. uh, folks that were, you know, excited to be in this in this era at the beginning of their, uh, you know, career. And you know, the world was kind of their oyster type thing. And it was a it was a wealthy time. There was a lot of uh, movement. You could do whatever you wanted, and uh, you know, a lot of new affluence and connectivity. And so, uh, you know, these people were, um, you know, the the most famous pipe smokers in the world. And they were, um, you know, it, they were all uh, hopeful. And, and energetic and creating new things. The, it, it's funny, you know, looking back on uh, pipe smokers of that era. Um, you, you know, the, there are a few older ones that we that we know, and of course they were very important. People like uh, Herbert Hoover, who eventually at the mm. during the late twenties became uh, president of the United States. But uh, the famous astronomer uh, Edwin Hubble, who uh, you know was key in uh, you know uh, understanding. I'm probably going to butcher this, but understanding the expansion of the universe and uh, the distance between galaxies and and some of these things and um of course who the hubble space telescope was named after and then uh and then the most famous scientist probably of all time uh albert einstein um you know in the late 1910s he had kind of uh, it was validated as okay. His theory of general relativity was uh, was proven. They did these tests, and it was proven. And so, you know, in the twenties, he is he's the old timer right, by this point, right? Or, or at least wow. kind of yeah. uh, in his later career, I guess. And so, um, by this point, he's like you know established. He's on the you know front page of the New York Times and Time Magazine, which is new at this time <laughs> also. And um, right. you know, and, and smoking his pipe. Those pictures of him on his boat and all this kind of stuff but um you know just really really interesting stuff so the the influence of of pipe smoking there uh you know if you're if you're seeing these people on the on the silver screen you know talking on the radio uh you know in print ads and uh you know one of your favorite you know publication like uh you know harper's or uh you know uh, the saturday evening post or something like that all of a sudden man you're gonna be really influenced by that and um and and so it was uh you know it was everywhere it was um you know something that people could do that was still legal um since uh since prohibition was in uh was in effect and so um you know it's like well we got to find our uh, vices somewhere right (laughs) (laughs) well and i mean there's a there's a there's like you say there's a communal ritual that goes into smoking a pipe just as there is you know having a having a cocktail or uh, or a beer or whatever the uh, preferred beverage would have been had it been legal of course moonshine i suppose was the <laughs> the actual preferred beverage at the time that's right that's right a lot of the uh yeah you know stuff you'd make in your bathtub or whatever <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yep but you know uh, pipe smoking it was um obviously you had readily available pipes we uh it was before uh many of the um drugstore brand and everyman pipes had come out but k woody was brand new on the market during this season and so mm. uh, as we mentioned before you could go uh get you a really nice uh high quality 
quality briar pipe uh, made from K Woody, and it had that uh, signature clover stem there on the on the stem. And um, you know, this the pipe was so iconic that it eventually led to uh, you know the inspiration of other brands as well, things like Yellow Bowl and Dr. Graybo that came later um, that uh, you know kind of mimicked that K Woody quality. Of course, Missouri Meerschaum uh, continued to explode. We've got uh, a pipe company that by this time was uh, well established, you know, a 50-year-old company by this time. Um, but it had, uh, you know, it, it reached into new markets and uh, folks found corncob pipes novel and interesting. And so uh, mm-hmm. they expanded as well. And uh, of course, you know, with uh, commerce going worldwide, that was uh, an opportunity for them to, uh, you know, for folks in other parts of the world who had just recently been exposed to American things because of the war. Uh, now they're all of a sudden getting these American pipes, right? I'm, man, I'm smoking a pipe made out of a vegetable. This is fascinating, you know? And um, <laughs> From America, is yeah. it? Oh, oh, simply, simply amazing corn. They're smoking <laughs> corn. It, what is this they're corn? Smoking it in corn now. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, um, you know. With an accent like that, we can't uh, miss the opportunity to talk about Dunhill, which, um, of course, <laughs> this was probably, you know, the 1920s was probably the most iconic uh, decade for Dunhill. Now, that's that's saying a lot. Mm-hmm. That might be a stretch, mm-hmm. but but it's it, it, it's probably not too much of a stretch. If you think about the, the opulence of the 20s, the, um, y- you know, the uh, focus on uh, affluence and this new uh, new bourgeois that was kind of created in, in the Western world world. And, um, you know, Dunhill was ripe for expansion. And, and of course, they did. In 1922, uh, they came to the New World. They opened their first brick-and-mortar shop in Toronto and then in New York. And um, so imagine you've got these, uh, you've had, you know, your real affluent people that have gone before this time to Europe. I mean, imagine how expensive it was to go to Europe back in the day. Sure. And, um, you know, they might have come back with a uh, with a Dunhill or a Sheraton pipe. Um, and, you know, boy, wouldn't someone else affluent in New York really like to get their hands on one of those, right? Mm. And But they can't because, you know, not everybody, even the wealthy, could go to to Europe. Well, all of a sudden, Dunhill comes to the United States. And so, uh, man, just an explosion in the, uh, you know, upper classes of really premium uh, luxury brands. As a matter of fact, you know, the, you know, Dunhill realizes, Alfred Dunhill realized, man, this is, you know, we've got an opportunity here. And so they expanded into, um, you know, things like watches and the distribution of fountain pens and, you know, all these things, which, which frankly, now Dunhill is no more, is, is known more for today uh, than they are pipe smoking, which is kind of interesting. Right, but, yeah. Um, so really saw a lot of that. But um, imagine, you know, Dunhill coming to America, you know, it's probably not quite on the same scale, but think about like when when China got the iPhone for the first time, right? You know, sure. you had Game like changer. this this class of, you know, people that in this huge country that's growing, lots of opportunity, uh, a lot of new middle class uh, people with, you know, more disposable income than they've ever had. Uh, they want to they really want to, you know, be like, uh, you know, their American counterparts or whatever. So as soon as they can get their hands on the iPhone, it just explodes. Right. And so um, and to some extent, we saw that happen in the pipe world, which is just so, uh, so interesting. You know, folks on on this side of the pond uh, couldn't get enough of these Dunhill pipes. And um, it was timely for Dunhill, too, because they had patented their shell um, finish, the shell briar finish in 1917 with that really, uh, we talk about it, the the beautiful gnarly sandblast on the outside of that Algerian briar. And so it, it roared into the market and uh, and expanded uh, quite a bit. So um, it's really interesting. You know, you, you had uh, the explosion of pipe smoking all the way from, uh, you know, the more affordable end of the market, the everyman market market on into the um, the luxury market and it became uh, it became an iconic thing and um, you know it's one of those things that uh, going into the 1930s um, you know kind of these were people that a lot of them got their career started in the 20s their uh, worldview formulated in the 20s their you know their uh, place in the world was beginning to solidify in the 20s and uh, it propelled them into the 30s and 40s uh, with their pipe in their hand and um, and and hence the the most uh, you know, uh, famous pipe smokers in uh, in the world. Wow, man, that's crazy. You I mean you think about some of those guys too that you mentioned earlier on that were kind of getting their start in that that era as being just kind of young, relative unknowns. Yeah, you know, like 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 Tolkien yeah. being kind of a a young. Did you ever you never watched the document or the not? It's not a documentary. I guess the the biopic that they did on Tolkien. I didn't. I'm familiar with what you're talking about, but no, I haven't seen it. 
I caught it like, you know, originally, I don't know if we ever mentioned this on the show, but we had an intention to do an episode where we reviewed the movie, but then the movie got like no traction. Like nobody was talking about it. There was no like marketing push for it at all. I'm like, well, okay. But I ended up seeing it on a plane and it was really, I thought it was really good. I I enjoyed it for what it was. I know the Tolkien estate uh, didn't necessarily bless it or whatever, but I thought it was really good. But the thing that I find so fascinating is just the concept of seeing these people that don't yet know how big their impact is going to be. <laughs> and like, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, just whenever you look into the past, um, you know, you, you, we always see people through the lens. I mean, you mentioned, of course, uh, Einstein being kind of a, um, an elder statesman at this point. Uh, and so at that point they, they, you know, the, the people have kind of turned into his favor and that sort of thing. So, you know, there's a there's a different perspective there, but somebody like Tolkien who just did not did not know at that point the uh, the, the way that he was going to in some in some aspect change the world. It's crazy. And, yeah, yeah, and you know, it, it almost makes me kind of wonder about now, like like who are the people now? Who are the pipe smokers now that are uh, <laughs> going to be the ones that are talked about uh, years years down the line? It's true, and and to think about that, you're you're exactly right, folks. Uh, you know, we had our best of episode last week, and um, mm-hmm. man, it was just really fun to talk about all the awesome things that happened in the industry in 2019. And uh, if you didn't listen to it, I'd encourage you to go listen to that. But you know, who are uh, among those people that uh, that we named and mentioned? Who are the ones that are going to be truly the standard bearers? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, going forward into the next uh, 20, 30 years. Uh, you know, the 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 brain trust of the uh, pipe world is being created right now and uh i don't know man, for us wow. that's a, it's exciting to see that you know yeah wow man fascinating stuff uh you know so so the roaring 20s man before we kind of uh, transition i'm just kind of curious if you lived during the roaring tw- 20s uh prohibition would you what would i <laughs> i mean you know we're both mississippi guys i'm just wondering I, if like if you know, you know would we would we ad- adhere to the law would we uh you know uh dabble on I, the side i don't know i mean i, I think um I, I think it depends on how it depends on who your friends are right and how sure big, sure you know, I mean, that's part of it if they've got some uh, uh you know some land that's like uh hard to get to and I, I don't know maybe uh fancy shotguns to defend yourself i, I don't know I, I could i could see myself maybe getting into it. it'd be very hard to put down i know that <laughs> yeah have you had moonshine before out of curiosity i have you know the funny thing is of course nowadays they you know the the concept of moonshine is is popular mm. and so they actually market this stuff in the store that they right, call exactly. moonshine but the you know the the proof on it is still like you know 90% or something it's not you know the, the moonshine that you know that that folks you know grew up thinking about knowing about that their uncle made in their you know bathroom kind of thing mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. um i mean this this is the stuff that could you know take lead paint off the wall right <laughs> right 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 <laughs> and right, so right. I, you know i, I actually have have consumed some of that uh before um and uh and and likely won't ever again <laughs> right exactly all right, all right i was i was just curious i was just curious yeah, have, have but, you ever you know, had a, have you ever had real moonshine not not some you know bougie stuff that they sell in a you know fancy mason jar that you get uh at a you know whole foods or something but like the, the real thing the the stuff that you can clean your your carburetor out with right uh no i have not had the opportunity i would but i would be willing to you know take take a swig if ever given the opportunity yeah uh j- just to try it um yeah. but but you know from everyone i know i had a i had a buddy who um uh, we are his, talking uh, about something that is still illegal, right? <laughs> so let's just let's just uh, be clear on that. <laughs> yeah, just to be clear, I have not. I have not. That's right. uh, that's clear that I said that. Uh, but yeah, so it is. It's. I was just. I was just curious. I was just curious. But you know, the great thing is, man. Um, you know, the extremes that people went through to get to uh, to try to find quality alcohol is just. It's, it's just incredible. But the reality is, you don't have to go through extremes for quality, especially in the pipe world. Especially if you're looking for a good quality corn cob pipe from our friends at Missouri Meerschaum. That is exactly right, man. And of course, Missouri Meerschaum in the 1920s had a lot of expansion, a lot of growth, and um, it was you know key to their uh, becoming worldwide. Their distribution through that t- 
time period. And um, it, man, one of the pipes that uh, you know did not exist in the 1920s, but but uh, did exist probably eventually in the heart of one of the 20s famous, uh, most famous um, you know pipe smokers uh, is is the Shire pipe, and that uh, of course mm. uh, you know was inspired by uh, the uh, Middle Earth universe of J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, the Shire Cobbett pipe. Uh, this was a pipe that uh, they came out with uh, a few years ago, and it has been extremely popular. Um, it retails for um, $25.99, and it is one of the more expensive um, Missouri Meerschaum pipes, but there's a reason for that. The The artisanship and the quality of this particular pipe uh, is, is truly over the top. It's a very well-put-together pipe, uh, incredibly high-quality acrylic stem uh, with a beautiful nickel band and, uh, and a really nice uh, kind of blackened finish. It's just a, a beautiful acorn-shaped pipe, and um, and my favorite of all the different um, uh, Hobbit-inspired uh, universe pipes from Missouri Meerschaum. So uh, it's got a medium to, to full-size bowl. It's perfect for uh, you know that everyday smoke and um, and a longer stem to cool it down some. So um, check it out. You can get it straight from the source, uh, corncobpipe.com. Uh, if you go there, and uh, they've got all their pipes listed, and you can get the Shire Cobbit pipe from them today. Love those Cobbit pipes, man. And hey, if you've got one, smoke it this week. Uh, take a picture of yourself doing it. Tweet it out. Uh, we'll retweet it. It's a great way to let the good folks at Missouri Meerschaum know you appreciate them for sponsoring this show. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Pipe Question of the Week. All right, man. Pipe Question of the Week this week coming in to us from Charlie. Uh, Charlie says, greetings, John, David, and Bo. Oh, man. I'm so excited to read this because it's a question we, we keep getting and we will continue to get. And I, I you know what? I'm, I'm with Charlie on this one. Uh, that's fair. So, no, that's uh, good. All right. All right. Not to tip the bean can here, but here's what he said. He says, greetings, <laughs> greetings, John, David, and Bo. Uh, just listened to this week's or the, uh, the previous week's CSR podcast discussing aging and keeping tobacco. I know this is a topic that has been beaten to death. John, David talked of coin style tens vacuum sealed, saying that they should be opened and jarred because those seals don't hold. My question is, do I start opening the roughly 100 tens I have th- and start putting them in jars? <laughs> <laughs> Granted, some some blends and uh, same blends and age could go two tens uh, to a eight ounce jar, uh, or could I get a vacuum seal and seal a few of the tens in a bag? Also, what about an eight ounce esoterica bags? Many uh, many leave as is. Others say open and jar them. Keep up the great work. Again, that is from listener Charlie. I know, like, listen, man, I'm right here with Charlie because I got home. I went through all of my pipe tobacco, and I think I even sent you, like, a big picture of, like, so should you I tell all these tents, like, like jar all these tents? Yeah, it, it was so funny. We had a, a really good, uh, I believe it came out in December, right? An episode about, mm. um, you know, aging tobacco and kind of the art of that, uh, best practices and all that kind of stuff. And, um, right. you know, and, and folks since then have been flooding us with um, questions, right? And and a lot of the questions are similar, but it's, the, the thing about it is everyone's circumstance is just a little bit different. So, uh, you know, Charlie is saying, here, man, I've got, hmm. I've got. You talk about opening your uh, vacuum seal tins and and putting them in jars. Well, what do I do? I've got a hundred of them. <laughs> you know, um, man, you're. All I can say is nice, your mileage. Nice. Your mileage may vary. You have may uh, because of the humidity in your area, or um, you know whatever. You may have had better luck. 
uh, with you know those vacuum seal tins staying sealed uh, over a longer period of time. If that's the case, I mean maybe maybe you keep most of them in the in the in the tin. Um, you know, for me personally, uh, I, as someone who uh, doesn't collect a lot of tobacco, but who you know buys stuff, smokes it, buys some more. For me, I, I will age some, but you know it that specifically i'm not a big hoarder i guess and so um you know <laughs> right. i i don't know i for me i you know they're going in mason jars but you know man if you've got a hundred tens i mean that's you're gonna buy walmart out of mason jars in multiple counties like <laughs> you know so I, I i don't know i mean i i think it's a personal preference you know you may um you, you may want to put some in jars and some in leave some in the tin you could even date them and then open them up in five years and compare them right see how they mm. uh, how they age differently I'm, i promise you if it's a virginia and or most english blends they will have aged differently uh at that point but um you know i yeah i, I think that's it you know what what you did mention here now this is a good idea um some folks will vacuum seal a tin in a bag and so you can you actually put the whole tin in a vacuum seal bag and vacuum seal it and that way you're not using um you know a a jar you're not removing it from the tin it's actually you're vacuum sealing something that's already been vacuum sealed right it's almost like uh like wearing a belt and suspenders at the same time (laughs) (laughs) and uh you know that's a great way to go i've seen folks uh you know preserve uh high dollar uh tins that way um and so yeah i think that would be i think that would be fine eight ounce esoterica bags i you know i would leave them in there for me that's um you know those are pretty foolproof. I, I think they're a good uh, a good way to store those. Um, you know the I, I think I think you should just probably leave it in there. You could take them out and and put them in a jar, but I, I think within that um, I think that's mylar. I can't remember the material, but um, man, I think they're I think they're probably fine in there. Uh, some of the larger tins, the hundred gram tins that uh, come from companies like Solani or Sam Gaywith or um, in the past Peterson and Rattrays, um, you know they are not vacuum sealed even though they are tins uh and so you may want to take those out and put them in a tin as soon as you buy them uh regardless so um anyway uh, your mileage may vary you're going to have to kind of make decisions on your own uh for this type of stuff but um you know i I think uh you know the safest way to go in my opinion is to is to put it into a jar from the vacuum seal uh tin but um are you going to do that a hundred two hundred three hundred times i don't i don't know man um, maybe maybe do a few of them that way and and gamble on the rest. I mean, I you know, gosh, uh, I don't know. But good luck. <laughs> let, let us know what you do, Charlie. Let us know what you do. <laughs> if it if well, it were me in a perfect world, I would jar all of them. But yeah, I don't have a hundred tens of tobacco sitting back. I I, I tend to go through them uh, right. more regularly than that. I you know we I'm surrounded by tens all the time, but most of them are are for sale. You know, and I'll I'll pick up a tin here. I'll smoke through it. I'll go get me another one. I've got some tins put back and uh, some that I've jarred that are vacuum sealed and this type of thing. But um, you know, if you've got that kind of quantity um yeah you may have to get creative and you've probably got some hard decisions to make so uh, just do the best you can and um i don't know let us let us know uh, what you decide Oh, that's a great question, Charlie. I know it probably speaks to a lot of people. Certainly spoke to me, so I appreciate it. <laughs> and hey, if you've got a pipe question of the week, send it in. Show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Again, that is show at CountrySquireRadio.com. Quick fire with the Squire. All right, quick fire questions. All right, man. We got some quick fire questions in. These are coming in from uh, DJS. These are the New Year's edition. Uh, and, and appropriate appropriate all things considered you ready for this yep okay here we go new year's resolution starting a good habit or dropping a bad habit starting a good habit oh that's yeah now that's that that always seems easier maybe i don't know they're, they're both yeah, pretty hard it <laughs> depends on what it is yeah for me um I, i'm more of a dropping a bad habit in this instance i'm I'm doing like a pretty hard fast for the next three months. And I decided to kind of, I didn't want to call it a new year's resolution because it's not going to last all year. But, um, so yeah, so dropping, dropping a lot of stuff that I normally eat. Cool. And, um, yeah. And, but as part of that juicing as well. So starting a good habit there. Oh, so that's cute. There you yeah. Go. Yeah. No, it's, it's disgusting. Uh, long-term goals or short-term goals. Uh, for me, it's short-term goals okay. right, right now. Yeah. Short-term goals. Yeah achievable that makes sense i think it's a bit of both it depends on what your definition of a long term is if you consider a year long then um 
Yeah, long-term pearls. If you don't consider that long, then short-term. Uh, catching up or reading or catch up on exercise. I'm going to go with catching up on reading. Hmm. Okay. Catching uh, up on exercise is, is typically bad for my knees. <laughs> well, that is true, especially in Bellhaven. Uh, right. That neighborhood is, is uh, <laughs> it, it, it's great if you want to like push yourself in running. It's terrible if you want to have knees into your 60s. Uh, so that is, that is true. Um, I'm probably, probably more catching up on exercise. I, I, there are, there are a, a good number of books that are on my kind of like two two hit list. Uh, but the thing is most of the time I quote unquote read is book on tape while I'm running. So there yep. you go. Yep. Uh, try new blends out of your comfort zone or revisit old cellared favorites. It, trying new blends. I, I have kind of, because of all the life changes over the past year, been smoking more uh, things I'm comfortable with, uh, you know, things that I like putting on a, um, a comfortable, cozy sweater type of thing, you know. But um, yeah, that's kind of a thing I've been, uh, maybe not a New Year's resolution, but something that I've been, uh, you know, doing more, uh, I guess, um, uh, consciously now uh has yeah. been that new uh you know just experimenting trying new things and um uh, yeah so i think that'll be my my mo for a while okay all right um you know just like before it's both because trying new blends is also going through my old cellar favorites uh not necessarily favorites and that i've actually smoked them but i've got a ton of blends that are in my cellar that i have yet to smoke so um <laughs> yeah trying new blends i guess is more uh, in, in line there that said when frog morton's an option there is no other option yep uh experimental squire selects or stick with the brown water there's a winky <laughs> now hang on before we answer this i want to address something there's a winky emoji that goes on to this which means that he is implying some kind of squire select that we have discussed in the past but we have made a uh resolution on the show never to bring up again he may not uh, be talking about that he might just be talking about uh you know the experimental squire selects like uh you know doing something different like gin or you know vodka or that's or not what he's wine you know what that he nature, means you know? I, I don't know so uh for now uh, you know i i think our uh i don't know if it's a resolution but for now i see lots of brown water on the horizon yeah lots of brown water uh come to the lens to remember <laughs> um, uh all right all right man well that's gonna be the questions from djs uh great quick fire questions great new year's resolution too so uh thank you for those and hey if you've got some quick fire questions for us be sure to send those in uh show at countrysquireradio.com again that is show at countrysquireradio.com your thoughts your comments listener feedback listener feedback coming in d love 16 on iTunes, John, David, and Bo make a great team and always provide quality content for my travels. It's great to fire up a bowl and listen while I drive. Listening to the show even convinced me to make the trek to the sh- uh, shop this past summer. Thanks for the show, and I look forward to each new episode. Well, thank you so much, D-Love. That's awesome. Man, that's great. So so glad you got to come by. Um, Jeremy Diltz uh, says, Hello, Country Squire host. Love the show. One of my favorite podcasts. I also love Japanese anime and came across a 12-minute animated short film uh, that won an Academy Award. I thought you might enjoy it uh, for the way the director implemented the pipe in this film. Enjoy. Yeah, so Jeremy, he actually sent us a link to this as well, which we'll be sharing on social media. Um, yeah, no, it's a very, very artistically done. Um, out of curiosity, John David, are you when something I think is is good to point out though before you watch it because he mentions that he's a love of Japanese anime, uh, and when I when I see Japanese anime, I kind of have a certain like style probably because westernized and everything else like like a style that i presume that to be yeah you know what i mean like the pokemon and the goku and yeah that's kind of what i see in my mind too Mm -hmm. right this is not that this is not like a super saiyan smoking a pipe and it's like lighting up in different colors or anything like that so this is it is more of a kind of art not that that's not art but like like more of a (laughs) um it's got a different feel to it like a more dramatic or something Almost like a painting come to life. So not okay. not not as cartoony, I guess, would probably be the okay. way to say it. But and you know what? I'll put it out there. Let y'all uh, kind of interpret. Let us figure it out. Okay. <laughs> um, but very cool. Thank you so much for sending that to us, Jeremy. And actually, anytime that y'all see like the pipe show up in, in any media, uh, let us know. We love we love seeing it. Uh, you know, on television. Actually, it was there's a movie 
uh, that I'm blanking on that I meant to actually write down on my phone, but um, I, I forgot to do it, uh, where there was a, a character who was uh, uh, prolifically and, and constantly smoking a pipe. And I was like, ah, this, this, this is content. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. But anyway, yeah, if y'all, uh, if y'all see anything, let us, uh, let us know. And uh, we'd love to share that as part of the listener feedback. And thank you all for uh, sitting in your very valuable feedback and spending your valuable time with us and uh hey if you want to help support the show head over to patreon.com slash country squire radio where you can become a club member uh help us uh make it into this wonderful year of 2020 even bigger even better uh and again just a, another shout out for the lunt to remember it's going to be a blast i mean come on yes. this is this is going to be like I, I don't even think we realize how amazing this is going to be like this is going to be the um the pilgrimage of all pilgrimages. <laughs> I, I don't want to overhype it, but I think I think it's becoming that. It's like, got I'm, it's I'm, got that uh it's got that potential. It sure does. It's got the potential for real, man. <laughs> I cannot wait. It's going to be a blast. So, uh, so join us there. You can also keep up with us throughout the week. I'm at the real Bo York on Twitter. I'm at John David Cole, or you can get us at the shop at at underscore Country Squire. At Squire Radio is the show's handle, but all that information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com. John David, we went roaring back into the twenties for this one. We did, man. I feel like roaring forward into the 20s. This is exciting. <laughs> I agree, man. Well, uh, hey, well, uh, it's it's time to, to hang up the 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 flapper. What, what, what do guys wear? I just remember the flappers. Like, that's that's the thing I remember. Yeah, you got to wear 20s. the, you know, the little fedora, top hats right? and the like, fedora and those those uh, those collars that are really, really tall, uh, you know, on your tweed jacket kind of thing. And um, yeah, I don't know. Stuff like that. There you go. So basically what everybody's <laughs> wearing right now. Anyway. Exactly. It's coming back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> We've been in the roaring twenties for a while. But anyway, let's go have a day. See your brother. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.